get everything lined up. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. On Fridays, I do a webinar about Surefoot. And today, it's so cool because Daisy Bicking is joining me. She uh, she signed up for the webinar. I was like, Daisy, why don't you just come and do it with me? So Daisy Bicking is here, and we're going to talk about Surefoot. So welcome, everybody. And Daisy, I'm so glad you could join me today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I, I just wanted to come listen in and see what you were talking about. So to be invited on as a panelist is awesome. Thank you. We always have such a good time. It's always fun. Well, Daisy, what I thought we'd do is we'd start with our history because you were there right at the beginning, which is 11 years ago now. So I know it's crazy. How old is Rowan? She is uh, just turned 12. Okay. So we met before you were pregnant. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, Yes. And then you remember Rowan down to clinics and you know um with you know having little baby Rowan with me it was amazing we had so much fun I remember the clinic you came down for and I wound up with pneumonia and in the hospital (laughs) I remember that one where Rowan and I got the stomach flu oh so we had some fun together (laughs) you remember that So, so Daisy and I knew each other before I started with Surefoot. And when I first started in May, 2012, I was going up to Pennsylvania on a regular basis to teach at, uh, at a barn that um, that person's now moved. So I don't go in there anymore. But anyway, I was going up there to teach. And of course, Daisy came for a lesson and I showed her Surefoot. And so that was 11 years ago when I was first starting out. Um, and you were just beginning, uh, you were doing farrier uh, trimming and stuff, but that was, you were just the beginning of that, right? Well, you know, I'm always feeling like I'm at the beginning, right? <laughs> like we're always learning and always evolving. Um, at that point, I had been a farrier for 2011. So that would have been, believe it or not, six years, seven years. Oh, years. longer than I realized. Okay. Longer than yeah, I realized. I'm actually going into my 18th. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So um, I feel like, uh, well, I guess I, I guess I, what I have to say about that then is I, um, I knew you more as a student than as a trimmer at the time. Yeah. I knew you were a yeah. trimmer, well, I was, you weren't really advertising that. Well, I wanted to be a student. You know, it's hard when you're a professional in the horse world and you want to go learn something that people often look at you and they assume you know more than you do. So when I first met you, I just wanted to come ride and I just wanted to be a student and learn. And so I just didn't put a lot of that out there at the time because it was not relevant in the moment. Okay. So that explains why I didn't realize that you'd been a trimmer for six years. So, but anyway, um, once I started with Surefoot, of course, that's when the, your career came into the picture because as a trimmer, um, it, it, it was something really interesting. And we, we worked with um, um, the gray horse, uh, not Whimsy. Whimsy? Mr. Wendy. Wendy. Oh, that's right, Wendy, because I was Wendy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we worked with him immediately on it. And I loved how it just fit right in with everything you had already been doing with the uh, Feldenkrais work with the horses. Um, you know, it just enhanced everything. It was great right away. 
right? And so since then, there's been a, a lot of change, obviously. And um, I, uh, full disclosure, when I started working on the, the farrier pad, which is now the physio pad, the first person I gave prototypes to was Daisy. And I think I gave you like three or four different prototypes. And I said, here, mess with these and let me know which one you think. So Daisy is responsible. If anybody wants to know, Daisy's responsible for the physio pad being the two different densities that it is. Oh, are you grabbing something? Uh, your arm, your arm is over there. We have no backgrounds. It's like you, you don't have an arm. Right. Here we go. Oh, over there. Kimmy <laughs> is grabbing the original one you gave me the first time. It's, it's really, it's really fun to look at it. Let's see here. If you hold it up against you, it'll show up best. Maybe there we go. Wow. And that is what that's gotta be. Um, at least four years old, that pad. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Look, look at it. Look, it just doesn't have the pretty color on it. Right. Right. It was before we did colors. Um, and so yeah. um, you started using it. And then when I went to get it back from you, I couldn't get it back. <laughs> and that's when we knew oh, we had a winner. Oh, when I was like, oh, you can't, you can't have this. Yeah. No, she you can't have it to this. Me. We, we met in a parking lot in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and she showed it to me. And it was like, no, you can't have it back. So, okay. Great. We have a winner. Um, what it looks like it's holding up really well. I'm using it a ton and I'm taking it back with me now. Thank you. <laughs> it's great. And then um, I have to say that Brynja Rydell over in Germany is the one who said, can you cut this in half, which is where the half physiopad came from because she wanted something smaller. And they're, they're both great, whether it's two halves or a full, it, it's, it's, they're so great. I actually have my full physiopad now. I've, it's only taken me a little while to figure this out, but I was having some sciatic pain. So I put it in front of my bathroom sink and I stand on it morning and night when I brush my teeth and the sciatic pain is gone. And um, yep. what it showed me was how much I was heel loading. And so it's just rebalanced me. So I'm not heel loading and that solved things. So um, anyway, that was really cool. <laughs> Are you kidding? I pull out mine from the truck when I'm teaching and I stand on it. And when I'm, when I'm not standing on it, like if I don't pull it out, I pace and I have to like shift my weight a lot. I'm really antsy and I move a lot. But when I put that pad down, it's not that I say stand on the pad. It's just, I don't wanna move. I'm like still and I'm comfortable. And it yep. makes a huge difference, even like in an indoor arena, like, you know, if we're teaching in open space or something, it, it's amazing how much it affects things. And I put it on the floor for clients to stand on um, when we're working on their horse for say an hour or two, I'm like, here, stand on this. Don't stand on the concrete for an hour or two. That's hard on you. Stand on this instead. And they love it. Yeah, no, I, you know, that's uh, standing for the farrier is one of those tasks that I just uh, look at with loathing because it gets, so, I mean, you're just stuck there and you're every, you know, your back hurts, your feet hurt, everything hurts. So a physio pad. So maybe you need one for you and one for your farrier. Um, so and um, so yeah. Daisy, I know that you wanted to know more about Surefoot. Do you have any specific questions that you wanted to know? Because that was like you were turning in, tuning into this webinar as a guest, not as, as a, a- Yeah, well, you know, you and I have been at this for so long and your educational program has evolved so far. And I remember back in the beginning, you would say to me, I have no idea why this is really working. I have a feeling it has something to do with proprioception and the nervous system and input to all the horses integrated 
little nerves and things, but to get some of the profound reactions that we get when we have horses on Surefoot, I know that that it's a, it's been an evolving journey for you. And you know, I think it's honestly finally clicking for me too, just where the Surefoot pads fit in to all the postural rehabilitation work that I do, talking about circulation, talking about foot loading, and you know, I've used it intuitively. Like I got it when you presented it to me. I I got it right away, like the benefits of it. But now I'm really seeing it more as a physical therapy device mm -hmm. for myself. Like when we want these horses to be able to let go of their learned spinal reflexes and their compensations from poor posture over time, then the shortfoot pads can really, really help them just feel something different, have a little more range of motion, have a little more flexibility, feel less stressed, go to where they're comfortable and explore that. And I, I, my brain is kind of going, like, it's all just gelling for me after all these years. Right. Like, I know I that's really what I'm everybody in their own time, right? We, we all come to it in our own time. And that's why, you know, if I see somebody and they look at it and they're kind of like, yeah, whatever I, you know, there's, I just leave them alone because in their own time, something's going to happen that just like that Daisy, the, where it gels and you suddenly understand what this is and what it can do. And there's, there's no yeah. point in trying to make somebody get it because either you're not ready or just it, it's not pertinent yet to your, to your life. And when you do get it, it's, it's there. And that's, what's so cool uh, about having you join me today is th that very fact that suddenly it's, it has so much more meaning. And I'm looking for, if I can find these pictures, I have pictures, postural rehab. It was a session I did in Australia in, um, 2019 when I was over there in, in October. So I'm just scrolling back through my gazillion photos because they're not organized well enough, right? Um, and this was a paint horse that came to the, oh, here it is, came to the workshop. And let me just screen share this. And this horse was so incredibly out of balance um, that he was literally running his person over. This is like, mm. This was the best picture I could get of him because he wouldn't stand still. And when you look at that picture and he had a massive head and you're just like, you know, wow. And he like there, you can see these moving and you can just see this, this, it's not even goat on a rock. It's just way over his forehand photo. And then of course he would put his neck in the air. And, and so we did a one hour session with two, I had two horses. I think this is, that's, this is the other horse that was with me. And this is the change in one hour session. That's amazing. That's so cool. Yep. Are you putting in the, and, um, sorry, I'm going to, that's okay. Like, <laughs> have a busy life. Uh, this yeah. was the other horse in that session. I don't know if I have another picture of him. No, that's the before. Nope. That's my cat. <laughs> but that's the change in that horse in, in one hour. Andy could stand still. And so we would just do very little bit and let him go for a walk and then come back and do a little bit and go for a walk. And pretty soon the horse was actually standing. And that was one of the most dramatic postural changes that I've seen in such a short period of time. He was so incredibly out of balance um, here. I mean, that was how he was standing and to have that change to that. And you can see the owner's yeah. now, the owner is 
is able to let go on the lead and get out of the, the frame. Whereas here, the, she couldn't. She just absolutely couldn't leave that horse because he was just constantly moving and kind of plowing over her. Yep. How anxiety provoking is that for that horse? I mean, yeah. to be in a constant like anxiety adjustment, right? I mean, horses need to be very energy conservative in general because they have to eat so much just to exist. And so for them to expend all that energy and to feel so out of kilter with gravity and being upright and just being stable has got to be one of the worst feelings on the planet. It makes them neurotic, I think. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, the one of the one of the things in the in the 11 years that I've been doing this that it's so obvious to me is that most of what we call behavior problems are balance problems. You know, the horse that's disrespectful, the horse that won't stand still, the horse that niggles, all these things, it's they're not doing those behaviors to make our lives miserable. They're doing those behaviors because they're not in balance. And so that anxiety is being expressed in these different ways because that's not what horses want to be. Like you say, they need to be conservative and that that kind of expenditure of energy is not conservative. Right. And and I think I think that's where the switch happened for me. Like I've used Surefoot as for comfort for the horse, right? When they're sore footed to help them stand. Um, I've used it to watch how they load their feet in an effort to understand what their natural tendency is in the moment. Not necessarily what's good or bad for them, but just where do they go right now? Do they load their toe? Do they load their heel? You know, what have you. If I make their front feet more comfortable, do they immediately ease the hind end? Or do we have a bigger problem than just maybe overloading the hind end because the front feet are uncomfortable or the front end's uncomfortable? That's great feedback from the farrier perspective. And I've always talked to the owners about how short foot's beneficial and that doing, doing, giving the horse different proprioceptive information is helpful. And I've often said to them, if you see your horse standing goat on a rock out in the paddock or in the pasture, or they're standing in cross ties, move them and ask them, can you go to this other place? Can you stand more square? As they're rehabbing, they gain the ability to access a different place, right? You always talk about find the old place, find the new place, right? So can they adjust themselves and create that habit? And what I'm realizing now, it's like, why aren't we doing this routinely with the short foot pads? Like myself in terms of my rehab horses here, and just really reinforcing that the, the postural repositioning is potentially even more powerful if they did it intentionally with the short foot pad system. Right, right. Like, I don't know why it took that long to actually take it to that next level, but those pictures I sent you of that mare we were working oh, yeah. on yesterday, um, she's, she's phenomenal. I mean, this mare, I, I could show you her x-ray. Um, let me send that to you so yeah, you can pull that up too. I was say, can it you just is... share and put it up? Oh, you want to do, okay, hold on. Kimmy's going to do some CO2, one second. Okay. So Daisy's been working with Steve Macklin and they're using the CO2 system, which is really awesome. Um, you know, it's kind of like we're connecting a lot of dots. And I think that that's one of the things about these webinars is the whole point of them is to connect dots. And I just got a call from somebody yesterday that has a horse with a problem and I connected her with Steve and they're gonna work with her vet. Um, 
because it that's the, it takes a village and we we need all these different aspects. We can't all know everything about everything, right? We have to go to our resources and use our resources so that we can focus on what we do best and then bring in those resources to help us with things that we need help with. Um, and that's it's so exciting for me through all these webinars to be able to make, to kind of make that network. Um, it's really really fun. Okay, so I can show you, you want to show her first? I'm just going yeah. to pull her radiograph out so that I can show it to you guys easily. Yep. And I made you co-host, so it's going to be a problem sharing. Great, thank you. Yeah, and inspire each other. We do. We push each other all the time. <laughs> right, I know. It's really, really true. Absolutely. But that's really okay, so the fun, creative part of this. So. I know. Seriously. Seriously. All right. So do you want me to share this or do you want to share those pictures quick if you have them go, handy? Go ahead because I don't have them up handy. They were on Facebook and I'd have to go back and find them. Can you see that okay? Yep. My, my little presentation here. Okay. Yep. So this is her right front uh, before and after my trim. And this is her left front foot before and after my trim. So any idea what's going on here? Do you have some, some thoughts while I bring in her radiographs? Uh, super underrun heel, coffin bone rotation. <laughs> mm -hmm. So why do you think, why do you think the farrier would um, shoe her this way? Like this is a mess, isn't it? And this yeah. is, this is a high level, this is a high level of work from a university and, and it's got a purpose. It looks ugly, but it's got a purpose. Uh, I could not even begin to understand that. Okay. Where I'm not. Okay. A so let me bring in her radio. Yeah. This is like, this is like about as challenging as it gets. Here you go. Wow. Can you see that? Yeah. Isn't that wild? Look at this hardware she has here in her pastern wow so she, so she obviously she had a uh p1 p2 joint right yeah she, she she had a huge accident and just devastated these bones they were successfully screwed back together years ago and then she developed you know the arthritis which is good because it fused it right like it made it strong right um so this is considered like advanced high ring bone okay right and she's not that comfortable as you can imagine like her her angle here is low in the heel she's crushing these heels um she doesn't have a lot any range of motion here so that means the coffin joint takes extra wear and tear and of course you know she's got a lot of arthritis here in the extensor process as well and so um and yet she's happy she moves around but she gets she gets really sore and painful and then and then you know doesn't thrive as much as they like so they sent her here to me okay and you can imagine that this horse, because of the discomfort in her front leg, um, because her other leg is not really any better. Here, I'll show you her, her other one. It's interesting how both kind of devolved this way. Here's the other one. Isn't that interesting? Oh, wow. Right, like why would her body do that, right? Like, was she just using her, her body, her legs so differently that she developed the ring bone here as well, you know? Um, because yeah. this side didn't have the accident, <laughs> right? Yeah. So really, really, really interesting. 
Um, and so, um, so where I'm, where I'm going with this is that she, um, she's had a huge posture problem and she stands very, very goat on a rock. And let me just pull that, pull that picture over. Yeah. Um, and part of this is how in the world are we going to get her to use her body more normally if she can't stand up in a more like kind way to her body. Right. Right. Um, and so, so for me, you know, I can trim her feet and I can try to make something mechanically on the bottom of her foot. That's going to be like less detrimental to her pain level. Like I think she'd like plastic instead of metal, you know, she's the kind of horse that likes bedroom slippers to walk around on. So sometimes even the same mechanics for these horses, it's really helpful just to, you know, just to give them plastic instead of something hard. Yeah, she likes soft ground better. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other side of that is um, that I still need her to stop using her body in a way that she's used it for almost 10 years. Right? Well, like if she, she doesn't stand up more square, she's, uh, let's see, she's 15. So she she's did that, that old. So she was young. Yeah. And she's been relatively comfortable and happy up until the last, you know, two or three years, she started struggling. Right. Just looking for the best picture here. Like you, I have too many pictures. And of course <laughs> I didn't know we were going to go over today, So I didn't have them organized up front, but I can quickly. That's all right. Um, but at any rate, casual, so right? it's like casual stuff. <laughs> good. Okay. But that's, that's my speed. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that it's, it's like, I can do this with her feet and then I put her in, you'll like this one. So this is the trim. Let's do this. I can do this for us. So here's the before trim. And this is without that shoe. If they're in order. Nope. That's not the right one. Sorry. It's okay. Of course they're not. Why would they be in order? That wouldn't just make too much sense. Right? Is, oh, here it is. Is that it? Or the hind? That's the hind. I'm looking at them. They're small on my computer. Yeah, I get um, it. I know. I know. And do we know how the accident occurred? Just out of curiosity. Um, I don't. I don't remember the exact details in the moment. Let's see here. It is fascinating how the other foot decided to create the same. Yeah, like what is Okay, so here's without the shoe. So the shoe was really helping her. That's what's crazy in terms of like trying to like give her a little bit better angle. Look at how, you know, she's yeah. in a wedge here. Right. And like here, she's just way down, which can't feel good on this joint. Right. I just can't believe it's helpful. And then, you know, I'm looking at like the length of toe not only makes her stand more going on a rock, but also makes there more leverage force on that joint. Right. So when we put her on the short foot, her shoes she went to her toe okay initially so that told me that she did she did she was easing things or it was more comfortable for her in the moment to even have more heel yep so the goal is can i do that in the trim, right so you know up here on this right foot you can see that my goal here was to try to shorten up the front half of the foot and leave her as much of the back half as possible but still uncurl things and, and try to like get the back of the foot functioning a little bit better, right? 
Um, and the shorefoot pads really helped us figure that out. All right, so let me send up, let me send those pictures over. Do you have those pictures handy, Kimmy? Of her standing goat on a rock? Um, not in a message thread. I might be able to find them. In, uh... I've got them. You got, I've got them here. I'm sending it now. Yep, sending it now. That one. That one. And then this one. And this one. Okay, I'll send those. And you're sending them to you? To me? To you? Yeah, I'm just going to pull them up here. Is that okay? Yeah, that's yeah. fine. It's just, I know that sound. <laughs> yes, you do. yes, you do. Okay, so this is when we put her on the short foot pad yesterday where I had this epiphany. You know, I had her on the front pads. She's got her beamer on her feet and she's on the physio pad, honestly, because she was barefoot and I just didn't want her to load her heels too hard or be uncomfortable standing in the farrier shop. Right. Right. And then we were talking about whether she needed shoes behind. Okay, so her hind foot x-rays are this here. Her hind feet are not good. Oh, that's the front again. See how this works? That's a different horse. <laughs> not this horse. Okay, here's a hind. So you'll see her hind foot, you know, it's very flat in the angle. You yeah. can see her cannon bone here. It's not, it's not vertical, right? So you can see she's still standing under herself. And then, you know, she's broken back in her axis, which is where this goat on a rock comes from. Right. And I can trim her back a little bit more, but her blood supply goes all the way to there. Can you see oh, that? Oh, wow, yeah. So on these hind feet, the blood supply gets drugged forward like the quick of a dog's nail when they get long. Right. And so as, as a farrier or a trimmer, you can't necessarily trim back as much as this looks like. Right. There's not as much there as it looks. So you think, okay, well, do I need to do this mechanically? Like maybe I need to put a shoe on her where I could wedge up her heels so that she can have proprioception to bring her legs back and stand more square. Well, guess how we test that? Sure foot. Perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, let's see what she does if I put her on the, the wedges. So I put her on some wedges behind and she thought this was bizarre at first. <laughs> she really was like, you want me to do what here? Now, this is much less goat on a rock than she was. Okay. I'll find a picture of her when she, she stood like on a pedestal. Okay. And so we're trying to give her this new idea and her teeth are terrible. So she needs, she needs some dentistry work to help her with the, the input from her mouth, which is worn in this poor position for this goat on a rock posture. We're working on the feet, but we got to overcome all this in her body. So I, we had to really like, just keep giving her this idea. I was just like, just try it. What do you think? Just try yeah. it. Do you want to put your foot there? Can you put your foot there? And she really had to think about it. And what was really interesting was we were, we at first we were positioning her legs and then we were asking her like, like, can you just back up and step on it? Like, could you take responsibility for that and decide if you want to stand on it. And this is where she went. And so what's interesting to me about this is not that she stood up immediately square. It's not that we had this like miraculous, like, oh my gosh, she's so much better. It was that it was that hard for her to do. Mm. Right? Like 
it was she was like, yes, I want to do this, but this is this is exhausting for me right now to adjust to this position. But what she did was she loaded her front feet heavily. She hadn't been doing that. Oh, wow. Yep. What you can see here is look how much she has sunk into that pad in the front. Yeah. I mean, she just was like, boom. And she just shifted her weight forward tremendously, which to me has to be relieving to her hind end, I would think. Right. Because the goat on a rock is going to put a lot more stress on her hindquarters and her sacroiliac and all that sort of stuff. So by getting her to stand more square, yes, she's putting more weight in the front, but it's because she's alleviating the hind. It's not like she's going on the forehand as much as alleviating the problem behind. And that's what we have to think about when, you know, sometimes people go, well, oh, you don't want more weight on the front, but th this is a, a situation where it's a process and she's working it out. Um, right. Exactly. Exactly. So to me, um, you know, what I loved about this is that now I have another tool to give her physiotherapy basically, right. Where I can say, okay, we're going to practice this before I lock you into a shoe and wedge you and impose this idea on you, because I respect that you have to remodel and you have to adjust. And she's had a lot of discomfort in her life. I'm going to give her this idea several times a day. And right. when she's standing there eating her dinner, I'm going to put the pads behind her and, and just offer her the opportunity and see what she chooses to do. Is she going to stay there? Is she going to step off of them? Can I so give her some options? Do you have besides the physio pad? Do you have a set? I have all, I have all the pads, yeah. Okay, because the next thing I would do with this horse then is I'd put her on the hard pads in front, which is two inches. Okay. So you've got a match because the physio pad's an inch and a half. So I do the two inches front right with the the slants behind and then she appears to be a downhill horse low withered relative to her yes. butt is that true yes. so yes. so in the process i would ultimately stack her in front and i'd probably stack okay her. yeah yep, yep. i'd stack on hard as, as your base you use hard as your base and i'm starting to make base blocks uh which are three inches so if you're going to do stacking you've got three inches already in one block um, I have a pair of those sitting over here. They might wind up visiting you. Um, and then like you could put something really soft on top of that. So you give her a stack with something really comfy to really let her kind of figure cool. out what she wants to load. But that's, that's, that's the, where I go in my mind when I look at her, because, you know, now that she's squaring up, it's a question of being able to put the weight to the back end in, in a reasonable way, not in a go to the rock way. I mean, look at the difference here. Yeah. Look how she's loading the heel. And that's what I'm trying to rehab is that heel. Yeah. And, and part of it is her pathology, but a large part, large part of it is just how she's compensating and that now her feet are decompensating. And it's my job to stop that process, hopefully plateau where she's at or improve things so she can have a good quality of life. You know, they have a beautiful property in Colorado and she can, you know, wander all of the hills and and you know it's like the scrub and the and the semi-desert area yeah. and so it's soft footing and it's it's a good life and she can be a happy pasture animal unless she's painful right so all they her to have a good quality of life you know they care about her a lot obviously they sent her all the way out here to me right and so um it's just like wild you know and um it's exciting to be able to see her feet go from loading this heel like this 
to conversely actually shifting and loading up onto the toe. That's really wow. cool. That's really cool. Right? That's really cool. Right? And it's subtle. Like you have to pay attention, right? Like you have to really just listen to what the horse is telling you and how originally it was hard for her to load on these slants on the back. Yep. And then as she got more acclimated to the idea, you know, she made the choice to step up higher on the slants and also like shift her weight forward even more. And that is one of the nice things about the slants is uh, some horses are, are very worry or very sensitive. And so you can start way on the front edge, the leading edge of the slant. So it's just a tiny bit of material to give them the idea. And then you can gradually have them higher up on the slant so that there's more material underneath them. But yeah, um, that, cause she's really solidly on those slants. It's really nice. Yeah. And she stayed there for a, a while. It was a good, it was a good 10 or 15 minutes, which I thought was a lot. Like I was like, okay, you know, she steps off, we're done because I didn't want to overdo it with her. Um, in the beginning, and that is you know, such a tricky started- point, Daisy. I just want to, you know, like it is such a tricky point to know how long to let them be on the pads. And this is one of the things that there, there's no rules written in stone because every horse is different. The very first horse I did was 15 seconds. And yet if a horse is standing quietly like this and not doing a lot of swaying, leaving them for longer because they're painful and you're really giving them comfort. And then of course, if there's a lot of swaying, you've got to shorten that with a horse that's not used to it because then you're going to make them sore. And it's, you know, there's no rules about this. And I, I, I wish I could had a better answer for it, but it, you know, uh, you're so experienced, you would recognize when this horse has had enough. Um, for people that don't have that experience, it's 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 tough because like I have one person and she listened to me the first time and she kept it really short. And the second time she got excited because the horse is doing so well. And so she left her longer. And the third day, the horse was really sore and said, don't talk to me. <laughs> um, and the, and the, the good news is, you know, okay, if we make them a little sore, we can give them some arnica, give them some rest, and they can recover from that muscle soreness. But we, we don't really want to take them there because they can't understand why they're sore. Um, right. You know, and in, and rehabbing soreness is not a good thing. You know, that's what we want to avoid. Um, right. We cringe away from it. Right. Like it creates the opposite effect. I think that there's the point where you know, there's a difference between pushing boundaries and asking the animal to do something different than what they're habituated to versus creating a healing crisis where we overdo it and they aren't tolerating the process. Right. right? It's not beneficial at that point. It's actually, you know, we're going against what we're trying to do. So it, it is, it's a, it's a tricky one and it does require people to really pay attention and to, uh, if you will, to listen to their gut because what I find is when I'm working with a horse, it's if if I really pay attention, I know that that horse has had enough, right? It's it's a uh, it's more of a gut feeling than uh, something I necessarily visually see. It's a lot of times when I approach a horse, whether they're still curious and interested or if they just keep stepping off the pads, that's a real obvious sign that they've had enough. Um, but you know, not every horse will do that. So it does get a little bit tricky, but this is so cool, Daisy, because, um, and, and it goes back to um, 
you know, the reason that I started doing all these webinars, which is now over 220, was to answer the question of how is Surefoot working? <laughs> and 220 webinars later, wow. still, you know, that question still is out there because we don't have research that specifically says, but we've gathered a lot of information and what is one of the things that has become really clear is that we're affecting the fascia. And if the fascia is, is tight, is that all fascia back there, that picture? <laughs> cool. Um, if fascia is tight, it's well, gonna yeah. hold the body, yeah? Well, I brought a bone. Oh, unshare, unshare your screen and show us your bones. Okay, all right, unshare, unshare, stop share. Here we go, got it. Okay. Hold on, I need to I need to put on the necklace really quick no, here. It's not, it's a crown? Yeah. Okay. Crown. Oh. Rowan made me a crown. Awesome. Crowns are great. What's it made out of? It's green. It's pretty. Leaves. Little, I mean, they're technically weeds, but they're kind of the grass. So. Thank you, honey. Mm -hmm. I love it. Beautiful. Thank you very much. I love yours. Okay, so let's see if you can see this. Yep. Usually if you hold it against your body, it's better. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yes. Let me let me do my webinar. Okay. Thank you, sweetie. Yes, that'd be lovely. I'd love that. Okay, sweetie. Okay. So let's see if I can get this so you can see this. Okay. Oh, you had it. In and out, in and out. No, come on, little thing. Okay, just ignore my background because we okay, just we finished a work. Ignore it's it. Okay. Just ignore it. Hold on. Okay. Choose virtual background. Turn off. Okay. Like it's literally like I've got the crown and there's like my garage in the background. It's okay. I know where you are because I've been there now. <laughs> okay. So this is an articulated model from Paige Poss. Okay. Oh, cool. And what I love. Yeah. What I love about this is that this is um, a hind foot. Okay. And they, all these bones go together. And we know that because um, it's got a pointier coffin bone and um, the shape of it, it's very cuppy. And that's typically hind feet. They're more spade shape instead of, you know, round. But what's interesting about this is how do you think this horse stood in its lifetime? Uh, well, the way you're holding it, Looks like uh, go down a rock kind of because that cannon bone is really not straight. <laughs> yeah, this is where the model stops. Okay. And look at this. If I wanted this horse to stand more upright, I'm just trying to make sure we're parallel here. If I wanted him to stand more upright, what happens is his coffin joint actually has to pop out of joint just a little bit. Do you see that? Yes. Okay. Like in order to get this cannon bone upright, I have to really force it. When I yep. let it go, where it naturally goes to is this goat on a rock posture. Right. So I love this model because most horses don't do this. Most legs, if you hold it like one finger here and you hold the cannon bone upright, it stays pretty like aligned. But look what the pastern is doing there. Breaking back. It's like it's like coming out of joint a little bit right here. You see that? Yeah. yeah. Where if it's straight where it belongs, that's straight where it belongs. But if I make it so it's upright, like we want it to be this way. And it doesn't have arthritis on that pasture. And so it's not like that pasture was. Uh, no, it's just the bone has modeled. The bones have modeled in this position. Wow. Lipping. There's like lipping on 
the joint surfaces that this is the horse's habituated pattern. Is wow. it stood good on a rock leg? And so it's interesting to think when we ask these horses to change, and they've done this for a long time, that we it is a physical change that we're asking them to, to do. Like it's more than just, oh, move your leg here. Right. right? But we have to be mindful that the um that the the whole body adapts to their you know, well, to, to the forces that they're being uh, subjected to, right? I mean, ultimately yeah. it's gravity and the forces they're being subjected to. And so if they are, their, their bone, bone remodels every seven years, right? That doesn't mean your bones all just in seven years change and change, but it takes seven years for your bones to remodel. Um, so that's bones are alive. They, there's osteoblasts and osteoclasts. So they're breaking down and forming all at the same time, which is when you interfere with that, you can wind up with problems. But anyway, so those bones have been remodeling over years to that position. That doesn't happen in a day, a week, a month. That happened over years. And so then you take a horse like that and you say, oh, I'm going to change your shoeing. <laughs> and um, right. now you're going to be somewhere else. <laughs> right. so, so you can see a little bit maybe of that similarity in this hind foot x-ray, right? Yeah. Like it's like the cannon bone is kicked off to that, that, you know, back, backwards angle. And then you come down here and none of this is in alignment. It's all broken back in every joint. Yes. Um, so to get this leg, this footprint to move back this way and the cannon bone would be straight, she's going to have to remodel her soft tissue and her joints in a different place. And I think we should ask them. People say to me all the time, well, does that mean we shouldn't ask them to go someplace different? No, I, I think that's not the case at all. I think we need to ask them to model in a healthier place and give them the opportunity to be supported that way. And of course, the thing that we have to pay attention to is the pain factor. If in the process of remodeling, they're getting worse, then maybe it's more than what the system can handle at that time. You either have to slow down the process or figure out what's going on that's causing that pain, right? Right, and that's why Surefoot is so great is because it gives me the opportunity to ask the horse those questions. How comfortable are you going to this different place? How much do you need support to adapt to this? If I have horses that get on short foot and they just go square. Yeah, because yeah. they can. Just, yeah, happens all the time. Yeah, right? Like they get that nervous system input. They don't have anything that's kind of making them stay in the goat on a rock position. And you know, they're very malleable and you can change things for them quickly and they'll adjust no problem. And then the other ones that don't are ones that as a farrier, as opposed to thinking about the short foot pads as a daily therapy, I was thinking about it as giving me input as to my shoeing or trimming protocol. It was helpful from that perspective to be able to say, oh, you know, she's on those pads. This is clearly hard for her. She's trying really hard. She clearly likes it, but I'm not gonna necessarily just throw hind shoes on her right away because I think we need to be able to give her time to go to the old place, go to the new place, go to the old place, go to the new place. You know, and, like my friend and the horses do that so much better than people. <laughs> the horses yeah, right? and try it out and go back and, forth and back and forth. And I watch them all the time. And um, I had one horse that went back to an old place from three years before I met him for 20 minutes. And then he just shed it. He just let it go. But, you know, people, when I ask people to do that, they grumble and they grouse and they complain. And, and it's like, no, it's about owning all those possibilities and then choosing the possibility that you like the best. But if you can't own the possibilities, how can you pick? 
If you're just avoiding a possibility, right. it's not in the repertoire to pick, right? And, um, right, that's right. We make it way complicated, don't we? Yeah, and horses, they don't have that ability to think that way. They just do it. They just go back and forth and experiment. And um, because they're all about movement, they're all about that experience in the moment as opposed to what somebody told them they should do or what they think they're supposed to do or how it should feel or, you know, all those words. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. So I, I'm pulling over two quick videos. One is when she first came and the other one is with her boots on and her feet barefoot behind. And I just wanted to show you all a little bit the difference of how changing the angles and asking the horses these questions can be so beneficial um, pretty quickly, really. Just finding the before video. No problem. Thanks. And I think that, you know, that's the, that's the thing about Surefoot that, um, you know, that it's the, the use of the pads can, can help horses find a new stance, find a new possibility of movement. But the other thing that's really, really interesting is they can give you a clue as to something going on. So I was just talking to somebody, who was I talking to? I can't remember. I talked to a lot of people. Um, and this horse really wasn't interested in Surefoot pads until one day something happened and he was all about it. And I'm trying to remember who told me this story just recently, but something had changed. And so it's really important to, to offer, even if they say no, to give them the opportunity to say no. And that's important in itself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think that's probably the biggest thing that's missed is listening. Yeah. I wish I could remember. It's really like not. Hmm? I, I'm trying to remember who just told me about this horse that didn't like it and then why it suddenly did because there was a story behind it. But like I said, I, I don't hold on to all those details. That's not the way my brain works. You know, some people are like, they capture, Brad can tell me his high school teachers, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay, I've got two videos here to show you. Okay. So let's see, here's the first one. This one right here. I think that's it. Okay, so you can see that that video okay there? Oh yeah, now it came up. Okay. So this is when she first came and she'd been with us a couple days. So this isn't like fresh off the trailer, but you can see how stiff she's moving behind, how yeah, sore she is. How stiff so what I'll have you do is play it a couple times. Just let it play yeah, and then sometimes it catches up. Well, okay, let me turn the volume down. And I can imagine that the, the trip was hard on her. Yes, very much so. And, you know, she was on all sorts of supportive meds, um, you know, gabapentin and Roboxin and um, Butte for the trip, 36 hours in the trailer. Yeah. With one overnight break. Can you see the video much at all? Um, we can see it a bit. It's kind of uh, breaking up, but... Um... You know, that's life with Zoom and videos. Is it easier if I do it this way? Hold on, let's just try this just to see if this helps you see it a little better. By the way, we are working on trailer mats. Yay. Yep, I've got them in my that. trailer. I've been testing them out. We need to do a, awesome. a, a, a vibration test. We've got the equipment, we just haven't done it yet. Is this better? Uh, just drop your sound out of it. 
And let's see how it plays. That playing better? Uh, still kind of jumpy. Drat, because it's playing fine, of course, on my end. It's the dumb. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like a series of photos yeah. instead of a video. <laughs> it's a good, uh, but you can see right there in her stride how that, that right there, you can see how awkward and how heel landing she is and how braced back her knees are. Yeah, and this, look at that step right there. Yeah. That one, she's actually toe flipping on yes. the left one where that, the pins are. Ooh. And she's rocking back, onto, look at that, onto the back of that heel, right? Yep. And that's part of what I'm going to try to help her with. The problem is in metal, if you extend the heel like, like any degree, you're going to crush the heels more, even though you're giving her more heel support. But I find if I can shorten the toe enough and I and do it in plastic, because plastic is more similar to the material properties of horn, I can load the heels further back and not crush them. So that's what I'm hoping to do for her. Now, here's here's the after one. Let's see if we can if we can see this at all. It's probably going to be similar, but I think you'll get the idea. By the way. What? Your crown. What? It's really pretty. It's easier to see now. <laughs> oh, thank you. I know. Rowan did a really nice job. Yeah. Okay. Let me just minimize that and go up here. Zoom, 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 zoom. Share screen. Here we go. Okay. See if you can see this one at all. Oh, there we go. This share screen just came up. Okay. Are you seeing the video? Yeah, she's at her hay bag. Uh, it's again, like kind of like a series of stuff, but she's so much more square there. I mean, her hind cannon bones look vertical. Right, right. So that's what's really interesting. And now the boots are sloshy a little bit on her and you know, she's still flipping her toe on the left one, but she, her movement now it's she's freer in her back. She's not as uh, choppy behind. Um, you know, I'm pretty happy with how she's been moving. We've got two cannon bones vertical here, right? We'll work on more, but yeah, when she stops over here, her hay bag, look how square she is there. Well, and she's got more bend in her knees. Like before she was, it didn't really look like she was bending. She's kind of like just sticking her legs out. Yeah, right, exactly. And, you know, I just love that her whole posture's changed. She's not like bracing in her back and her neck and her shoulders now, you know? Right. So, you know, at any rate, those are those are things that I'm putting together into a, a case study to show her family back home because those are things they can measure and appreciate, you know, and um, I've sent them pictures of her on the shore foot pads and they're very excited about the benefits of that to her. And I, you know, I, I always appreciate these horses teach me so much because they're, you know, they're just, um, you know, they're just always giving us feedback. And if you listen and you're a student, I think they'll get, tell us the most with the tools we have. So I, I think that's so th that statement is is really true is they're always giving us feedback. We just have to figure out what that means, because we get so stuck in our head as to how we interpret the feedback instead of just looking at the raw feedback as in movement. Right. Um, right. And and we and, you know, that's the other thing is 
sometimes we think change has to happen slowly. Like I've, I've had writing students where they think, oh, it's going to take a really long time to change, but they've already changed. They've already changed in like five seconds. And then, oh, it's going to take me real. And why, why should it take you a long time? You've already done it. Here it is. Right. I just, um, and horses are so beautiful because they're like, oh, change. Okay. You know, if, if it's possible, they're there. And if they can heal, they will. Um, and yes. It's so amazing to see how the body can heal. I, you know, I was I was on a plane coming back from Colorado and the guy behind me had a full-blown panic attack. And it turned out the guy next to me had been in Afghanistan and he showed me the picture of his Humvee that had been, you know, hit by an IED and all the injuries that he had. And this guy, mo, mo, you know, rides cross bike, bikes, cross country and all this stuff. And it's like the ability for the body to heal cannot be underestimated, right. whether that's a horse or a human. It's it's just phenomenal. But we have to keep giving it input to let it get to that healing, to figure it out, to unwind something, to um, change something. It's just so cool. So cool. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. So yeah, so the answer is I'd, I'd like some updated Surefoot education. So we'll definitely get together for a clinic and if I can't make it to one that you're doing, maybe we can have one here. Sure. I was, I was almost thinking that that was the next possibility. Um, because be awesome. Yeah. Because that's also, I'm sure you have a group of students that would be interested in, because when they start to realize what it can do in terms of the rehabilitation and helping you see, and of course you probably don't know, or I know you don't have them. We've created a radiograph block that has the physio pad on top with the comfort x-ray on bottom. So when you stand the horse on it, you can see how they want to load on a radiograph. Um, that would be really Why don't I have a pair of those? Uh, because we just made them um, and they've okay. been sitting on the shelf and I finally got them on the website. And, you know, um, okay. we were in prototype stage. We'd only got them this spring and I don't think we had them when you were here in April. Okay, that's fair enough. That's so yeah, enough. we'll get you a pair of those because uh, they're really cool. And one of the things that um, one of the vets, when he took radiographs of a laminated course, you know, on the regular blocks, you couldn't tell the load. As soon as he put them on the on our new, we call it the sandwich, you could clearly see how the one hoof was not heel loaded at all. It was totally toe loaded. Um, super cool. Really give a lot of information. So yeah, that's absolutely valuable, especially for those horses in crisis. Yep. You know, it gives you about how you can help them in the moment because that's that's what you have to do is just not inadvertently tip them the wrong way because they're in crisis and they can't tolerate it you have to work with what they can do right now right yeah right okay that's great so we'll yeah sure you get a pair of those um and uh we'll figure out the next steps um so it's just it's really exciting and you know i'm uh, i i'm at the point now where what i'm seeing is i think i've got surefoot kind of uh, it's the pandemic has given me the time to kind of get Surefoot organized and stabilized and bits and pieces, the core, right? But now what I'm working on is bringing in people that have expertise in different areas. And we've talked about you doing a um, sort of a short course module on hoof anatomy to help people understand more about the foot and uh, bringing in people that have different skills and kind of now uh, building the allies uh, the reinforcers, the people who have the other information so that we can just keep kind of networking this out all over the place. So I'm super excited. Yeah. And, and look at all the tools we have now to help the horses. I mean, it's amazing. All these amazing 
you know, complementary therapies, not just, you know, you get your farrier out and you do your dentistry and you get vaccines and you, you know, and you ride. And, but now we can actually think about the animal from the perspective of like supporting them like for their whole life with the things we impose on them. Yeah. And it's so empowering. Like, I just love it that we can do this for them. So I'm, I'm excited to be part of it. And, you know, I'm always happy to help and, you know, always love listening to you, Wendy. You always teach me so much. Same here. Same here. It's a blast. So um, we've, we've come to the end of our hour. It's like, I know it's like, <laughs> Daisy and I, when we get together, it's like, mm, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, um, it's really fun. And uh, Steve's coming over this weekend for some GNTs. <laughs> awesome. Did you see the bottle I gave him? No, I didn't, but I will. <laughs> I gave him a huge bottle of my favorite gin that we had at my house. He was here yesterday. Okay. So, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy that. Yep. We so well, thank you so much for everything. And thanks for, for uh, tuning in guys. This was really fun. Yeah, thanks it was let really me crash fun. the podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. So everybody have a fabulous 4th of July holiday. We'll be back next week. No, uh, next week I'm gone. We're not back next week. We'll be back the week after. And just remember the free shipping ends on Monday, Sunday night, actually on the 4th. All right. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. Bye.